Welcome to Energy Matters, where we explore alternative health in the Pioneer Valley. I'm your host, Caroline Rutterman, and I'm a Reiki professional and intuitive in Northampton, Massachusetts. For the past nine years, I've been teaching people how to use their intuition and helping them reduce stress and anxiety. Together, we'll talk with other practitioners and learn how they bring health and healing to the Pioneer Valley. Let's do this. Hey, welcome, welcome, everyone. You are listening to Energy Matters, and I am your host, Caroline Rutterman, and we have a great show for you today. We are here um, sitting down with Michelle Lyman of the Serenity Yoga Studio. So welcome, Michelle. Hi, welcome. Thank you so much. Of course. I'm so glad to be sitting across from you. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having (laughs) me. Of course. Um, So tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you do. Okay. Um, Well, like you said, Michelle Lyman, I own uh, Serenity Yoga in South Hadley, Mass. Mm -hmm. We've been there uh, about seven years, almost eight now, which is crazy to me. About a year ago, we expanded from a small little space to a really larger space. Um, Was it in the same area? Was it kind of in the same plaza? Literally right next door. That's amazing. Yeah, it made the move easy. Um, yeah, we just moved right next door to a size that's about four times the size of what it was. Um, and it's been growing ever since. So it's, it's a really cool community of folks. What do you there. do with all that extra space? <laughs> Great question. Um, well, we have two yoga studios. Um, one's really a larger space than the other. Um, we offer yoga classes there. Um, regular drop-ins and there's also series classes and workshops kind of a mixed bag for a lot of the different people that live in in South Hadley so in South Hadley it's not only the college is right across the street so we have some college students that come over we have working-class folks that live in town but we also have a large retiree population Oh, fun! so it's kind of the um, the studio for everyone. I always say uh, real people doing real yoga with their real bodies. So the idea is, you know, if you are a little bit nervous to walk into a yoga studio, don't really know what it's going to look like, or if you need to wear the right clothing or smell correctly or have the right hair or anything like that, you don't need to worry about that at Serenity because we're all just kind of average Joes, if you will. Um, trying this thing called yoga out together. Yeah. Do you find that, do men come into the studio or is it predominantly women or how, what's the, what's the breakdown like? Yeah, great question. Um, This actually just came up because a yoga journal put out an article this week around why men need to be doing yoga and how they can benefit the most from it. Um, my population, I'm lucky to say, is about 15% men. So any yoga class you come into, there's probably going to be at least one or two gentlemen in the class. Um, a lot of yoga studios do not have 15%. They might have more like five or 10. Um, I just think it's wonderful to have, um, there's, stu- there's such a stigma around not doing yoga as a man. I'm not flexible enough. I hear that a lot. Um, oh, I don't, I don't know what it's going to feel like, or I, you know, it's too girly for me to do that. Um, and I think men who, especially men who, um, are into sports or, um, runners, especially, oh, there are so many things that they can benefit from the recovery time alone. Doing yoga can help them. Um, uh, and injury prevention, of course, as well. Um, so a lot of gentlemen play hard. And so yoga can be like that balance that they need in order to, um, you know, recover faster, 
prone from injury, those kinds of things. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to convince men to walk through the door. There's a, yeah, it's difficult. And it's something we've struggled with. We've, we've talked about offering men's only classes to make it a little safer. Oh, interesting. We've, yeah, we've talked about offering, um, you know, bring your partner to yoga class. Fun. So like married couples can come. Um, I used so, to try to make my boyfriend do yoga with me and he did it for about maybe three or five times just at home. And then eventually he was like, babe, I just don't like it. <laughs> like, okay, thanks for trying. <laughs> and there, yeah, and it's an interesting, I'd be curious as to why he didn't like it. I don't know, because he would be like, my back feels great afterwards. Yeah. I don't know. I Maybe it was too slow. Maybe it forced him to really feel what was going on in his body. Mm. I'm not sure. It might have been the latter for sure. There's mm. something about not, yeah, something about not wanting to feel it maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've been really, I mean, I've been practicing yoga for 20 years and probably a teacher for, for 18. Oh, wow. And yeah, and I, um, I still can't figure it out. I mean, I have very good friends. I was actually just talking to my friend Jack last night and I was saying to him like, hey, I'm not sure why you haven't come into the yoga studio yet. And he was like, I, I'm not flexible enough. You don't want me there. It doesn't, you know, what I'm just going to be a mess. It's going to, you know, it's not going to work for me to do that. And I said, it's really good for you. Um, you really need to come in and, you know, counteract what you're doing with your body, running and you know, sports and all that stuff. So, yeah. yeah, so it's it's tricky. I just haven't figured out the the key to getting guys in the door. Maybe it's maybe it's the, the key is to work on the children and then as they grow oh, up, yeah. just skip the adults. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just teach the teach, just the, teach little the kiddos. Ones. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Next generation, that's they're right. Be all over it. That's totally right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, one of my favorite things to do is teach teens. Oh yeah, I love it. I don't have any kids myself. Yeah, I have a lot of nieces and nephews that are in the you know teen tween age, and they're a hoot, and they're at a very it's very difficult time in their life to figure out like how to navigate, you know, navigating the parents, wanting independence, navigating friends. Um, Schoolwork is hard. And just the anxiety alone that comes from all of that is incredibly too much pressure for these kids. And yoga can help. It can be fun. Um, It doesn't have to always be, you know, oming and incense burning. I mean, you can laugh a lot. Most of the time I tell my students, if you're not laughing, you're not having fun. If you're Mm. not smiling, turn the corners of your mouth up. It'll change the pose for you. Oh, Um, I love that. Yeah, they laugh at me. I did tell them the other day I need to get better jokes, but that one works (laughs) every time. They'll be pretty straightforward about that. Teenagers will (laughs) let you have it. They will just frown or whatever. Yeah, but I love (laughs) teaching them because when they get started earlier, they'll take what they learn and um and bring it into their adult life too yeah yeah i think yoga was the segue for all the rest of the healing arts that i learned much later and it came when i was about 18 as well maybe 18 or 19 and uh yeah it was it was definitely the first thing that i was introduced before meditation Mm -hmm. it was i remember rolling on my back and doing some kind of rock and roll style and like happy babies and just being like I feel so exposed and me and my girlfriend were just laughing because it was just such an awkward hilarious pose (laughs) and but I loved it Mm. I loved it Mm -hmm. you felt different when you left that's what I always tell folks it's like you can't really put a a word or a phrase to how you feel when you walk out but you just feel better you feel more whole more grounded something there's a there's a something there I had the same experience my friend 20 years ago said let's go take this yoga class I said what is that I don't do that I do step aerobics like what is this yoga nonsense yeah. She's like, just come and that first class 
we laughed a lot and we were like, what are we doing? But we both walked out and said, oh no, we are coming back. We need to do this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so you were always super active doing the step aerobics and Mm. other kinds of fitness, group fitness kind of type classes. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what, like what sparked, you know, because there's a difference between, um, I think being like, oh, I love this and kind of keeping it as a casual practice. But you said you learned you've been practicing for 20 years and teaching for 18. Mm-hmm. So what happened in that two years that really sparked it for you that you're like, no, like I want to start teaching this? Yeah, great question. Um There was something really powerful. I think I walked into the training to learn more about it. A lot of people go to yoga teacher training to enhance their own practice. So it's like, I like this, I'm getting something out of it in the drop-in classes, but there's there's more underneath and I need to get into them more for my own well-being. Um, I think a lot of people do that. And I think I also did start and agreed to do a teacher training for that reason. It was like, I'm liking this, how can I make this more for me? Um, and I had a teacher at the time who said, you need to teach this. This is something you need to share. Like you have something you need to give out to the world. They saw something in you. Yeah. Of course, at the time I was like, what is she talking about? I'm I'm an accountant by trade. I am in a tax accounting role at a full-time job and I just started yoga. What is she? I don't even know the poses yet. Yeah. And she was like, no, you need to teach this. So I thought, well, okay, with that advice and also wanting to um, grow my own practice, I decided to take the training. Um, and I won't lie, my 200-hour training was not all that it should have been. Um, I see the 200-hour trainings coming out now, and they're amazing. They are incredible. They, the, the, the students going through 200 hours now are so lucky. Mm. There are so many brilliant yogis who are offering what they know to these students. My training was good. Um, I got away with a lot of not doing and passing um, and found that what I really enjoyed was taking different classes and different styles. And that's how my training became, um, you know, into my teachings. So it was really more around me practicing with different teachers, grabbing what they knew and kind of becoming this yoga teacher that kind of did a whole bunch of different stuff because I wasn't really trained in a specific style. I was more trained to uh, basically whatever classes I could take, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's yeah. the Western experience. Totally, yeah, you know, very like much so. You can take 18 different lineages and kind of create your own thing, yeah. and there's nobody who's going to regulate that yeah. in a strict way. Exactly, and people will say to me, oh, Michelle, you know, what, what style of yoga do you teach? And it really throws me, because it's like, well, um, today I'm teaching, you know, Kripalu style. Um, I have my advanced degree in Kripalu, and that's kind of what I'm leaning on. But um, yesterday I taught a vinyasa, you know, core power flow class. And (laughs) the day before that, it was, you know, maybe a little Iyengar. So it just depends on um, my mood and what what I feel the room needs, too, when I get in there. Mm -hmm. No, when you kind of talked about how during your 200-hour teacher training course, when you said that there were some things that you kind of didn't do and that you were passing, uh, what is, what do you mean by that? Oh, yeah. There was a whole book that we had to um, – <laughs> I'm coming clean. I want to know. I want to know all oof. the dirt. Spill that I hope tea. everybody still comes to the studio after they hear this. Um, I, uh, <laughs> uh, there was a whole uh, anatomy and coloring book 
that we had to do. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Of I course, think I own that. I think book. everybody owns that book if you're yeah. a, if you're a healer. It's a great book. It's a big fat coloring book that is is probably what three hundred pages of just anatomy, everything from the cell breakdown to like every single muscle structural group. It's 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 so in depth, and so by the time the theory is that by the time you've colored all the pages, you're you're probably pretty knowledgeable about anatomy absolutely that was the point um i probably colored maybe four pages okay me too okay good yeah (laughs) great um yeah and so when my current teachers say to me like oh blah blah muscle here you know and it's like "Mm -hmm, yeah no i have no idea what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) anatomy is not my strong point um and that book sits on my shelf um, to this day in my living room. And I look at it every day and think, hmm, probably should color into that sometime. Or maybe you could um, take make it into like a craft project where you make it into a secret book where you like cut out a middle part and oh. then have it be like a, a storage place, like a hidden storage <laughs> right. book. Put something like money in there or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I know, because it's doing nothing but collecting dust at the moment. Um, yeah, and that's what I mean. Like she wasn't strict. You know, we would meet once a month for the weekend and it was kind of like did you color in your book and we'd all go yeah sure and she'd be like oh, okay great and there was no checking there was no test um, and she was also incredible at teaching us how to teach beginners oh. so her specialty was how do you teach someone who's never done yoga before I like that. and that is my jam I love beginners oh they're my favorite um, just to see the light on their face when they realize that they're looking at their hands I know that sounds so strange everyone knows we have your own hands but like to really feel into your hands and notice where they are on your mat and weight shifting from left to right I mean they are like whoa blown their minds are blown so um for me it's the beginners and i think that really came from her she was really very um good at teaching us how to teach beginners and that's traveled with me my whole my whole career as a teacher Hmm, yeah i love that yeah um do beginners come in the form of the teenagers do beginners come in the form of kind of middle-aged women um where where do the beginner where how do beginners find you yeah what stage in their life the or is it through like anxiety? <laughs> it's kind of everything. Um, a D, all of the above. Um, <clears throat> I would say the ones, it's, it seems to be a lot of retirees right now, uh, just right now in this particular phase, um, a lot of retirees, and they come with aches and pains and they come with specific things. Or my doctor said I should try some yoga. I like that Um, doctors are recommending mm -hmm, yoga, that's cool. Oh, that's really cool. Some of the doctors in the Valley are just all for the healing arts. I mean, it is incredible, the support we get. Um, And also some folks come in because other current students encourage them. You know, I have one I have one student who is, I call her my ambassador. She mm. is my serenity yoga ambassador. If she isn't bringing three or four people in a month, I, I, I ask her if she's okay. Oh um, my goodness. Yeah, no, she is killing it. And I don't, I actually don't ask her. She is amazing. Um, and I'm so grateful for her because she just goes out into the world and says, this is what yoga is doing for me. And people are so lit up by what she's saying that they want to do it too. And they come. Amazing. Um, so it's kind of word of mouth. But I would also say the other avenue is people do hear that yoga can help for anxiety and just stress and, you know, relieving, you know, the everyday frustrations of life. And so they get to that point where they go, I need to, you know, do something different. And 
how can I do that? Well, let me try yoga. I got nothing else to lose at this point. I love that. Mm. Uh, so can you tell, tell us a little bit about what um, Serenity Yoga looks like? What um, If somebody were just walking in for the first time into your studio, can you give us a, a visual description of what what your what it feels like to walk in there sure um so the lobby is actually uh the color purple cute um really dark purple and uh the windows are huge so i got really lucky and i have a really beautiful front area where the windows are really large and it's all very open and natural light um and in the lobby you'll find relaxing chairs to sit in there's a coffee table that is an old family heirloom that i have in there um there's a couple plants little retail section which is always really sweet um and uh for the winter i have these uh, boot trays with rocks on them so that people can throw their shoes down right away um and not mess up mess up the rest of the space and then there's a front desk um check-in area and then you kind of walk down the hall and to the left you'll see immediately the front studio which is um kind of a yellow color actually the color is called hummus and it's a really open space again that has beautiful windows to the front of um of the common and that room is the smaller of the two studios. Uh, right after that, there's a place to hang up coats. There's a little private studio right in that little area too. And then the back room is in the back, obviously. And that room is the biggest room. And again, that's the same color. Um, and then there's a couple of bathrooms. There's actually a shower, which is a little crazy. I don't think there's a single yoga studio in the valley, although I'm saying that out loud now and wondering if that's true, but um, that has a shower. I had to have it. When we redid the space, um, the state came in and said, you're considered a gym for code policy. And um, because of that, you have to have a shower based on the size of the space. Ah. Yeah. And so we wanted to fight it, but it was going to take a little time. So we said, well, let's just change the plan and put in a shower yeah so there's a shower um which is really cool and the bathrooms but are ada that's a nice feature because sometimes you have to go to work afterwards and sometimes you do work up kind of a sweat and it's it's nice to just have a quick rinse and yep. restart your day yeah i have to be better at encouraging folks to use it um i don't I just kind of tell them, oh, that's the shower room, you know, when they come in. But you're right. It is a perk that not a lot of studios can offer. Um, so, yeah, the whole feeling that my whole, um, when I designed the space, it was really to reflect kind of, uh, obviously, the word serene comes to mind, um, space, where you just feel relaxed pretty much walking in, um, almost like a hug, like your home. And I wanted it to feel like that. I wanted people to be able to, walk in and just take a deep breath and be like, oh, I've arrived, right? So this is not a space that is chaos or, you know, bright colors or loud music. It's just soft and calming. Um, I am a crazy person when it comes to the props in the space. Um, they have to be a certain way. Um, my students joke with me all the time because I'm always saying fringes in on the blankets, um, which sounds ridiculous. Well, what is fr yeah. what is fringes <clears throat> in mean? So f the blankets have they're like Mexican style blankets, so they're multicolored and they're really soft and beautiful. But they have the crazy fringes on the outside edges, and you fold them a certain way. And if you put the fringes on the outside once it's all folded up, it looks very messy, at least in my opinion. Sure. Um, so I always tell them fringes in. It just keeps it a little bit more clean. My whole thing is if your life is probably chaos, and so when you walk into the yoga studio, 
I don't want you to find more chaos. I want you to find a space where everything is where it should be. You know where things are. You don't have to worry. Um, I think that was one of the hardest things for my students and for me looking back when we moved because there wasn't a place for everything. We didn't know. Nobody knew what to do. Like we were all in this new awesome space and the energy was awesome and the teachers were excited and I was excited and the students were excited and then we were like, wait, where does everything go? And it was really unnerving. It was unsettling not to know. So I want folks to come in now and know that it's a clean space, that um, things are where they should be, and that they know, you know, gosh, when, my students let me know when things aren't in the right spot, which is really great. Yeah. You know, they, keep, they keep me up to date, which is cool. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's nice, too, like, because, you know, when you're running a studio and there's a lot of people in and out, you know, things can get disorganized things can be put in you know so it's nice that somebody is managing that those little details because it does like you said it's like you know it it just makes a huge difference in how people feel Mm -hmm. and they might not even know it on a conscious level but there's when something feels really good you know it and when something feels a little off you might not be able to explain why Mm -hmm. but you it's the it's always in those little details that's right it's the attention to it yeah and I luckily have amazing teachers that you know they they help me keep the space clean so I don't ever have to worry you know that I'm going to walk in and find you know, something totally out of place. Yeah. So mm-hmm. tell us about some of the teachers that you have working with you. Oh my gosh. I am the luckiest yoga studio owner. I Aww. took a class this week with one of my teachers on the fly. She invited me into a series class, my teacher, Taylor Hoff. And um, Taylor is a newer teacher. She studied under Molly Kitchen uh, just a few years back. I think 2016, 17, it might even been 18. It's, just, it's new just for her. She's amazing. Um, she rocked my world on Tuesday night. I couldn't believe how wonderful of a teacher she was. So kind and compassionate. Mm. And um, and also just what she was offering. The class was a mind-blowing class. It was just really attention to detail and focused, well-planned out. It was just really good. Um, but my teachers range. I have um, you know teachers that range from Molly, um, not Molly, uh, Taylor's probably the youngest um, in her 20s. Uh, My other teacher, Molly, is in her 20s as well. But then I have uh, teachers that are in their 70s, too. Wow. Yeah. So and I have a mix of gentlemen and women um, teachers, and they all bring a different background to the studio. So a lot of the studios in the Valley tend to be focused on one type of style of yoga, which is great. Um, And like I said earlier, I needed it to be a little bit more diverse for to kind of match the population of South Hadley. And so all of my teachers come from different teaching backgrounds um, and they all bring something a little different. And I think that's why a lot of my members are members, because they'll take multiple classes during the week to get the different experiences. We're all teaching triangle pose or we're all teaching, you know, forward folds, but we're all doing it from a very different perspective. Um, And I think every time you go to a class, you get a little something else out of it because of the way it's being taught. Um, And then I have an amazing sub list too. I have teachers that actually teach down at Heartsong Yoga in East Long Meadow regularly, but they're good friends of mine and they come up and sub when needed. That's nice. Um, Yeah. And then I'm also really lucky to have a lot of um, 
folks in the area that are massage therapists who come in and offer massage and. So like I teach restorative yoga with my friend Kate Barvanis and she does massage while I do restorative. Um, Taylor does it with uh, Leah Baylor and Leah does massage while Taylor does Reiki and restorative. Um, And then I also do a meditation class with my friend Kim Brown. So I offer a meditation while she does massage. So it's like a beautiful combination of um, those types of classes that we offer students. How how does that work when when somebody is doing yoga and getting massage at the same time? Yeah. Because usually massage is a very like fully receptive thing and yoga is a little bit more tends to be a little bit more active oriented. Yeah. So specific types of yoga. So restorative yoga is where you get all the props off the shelf and you get into comfortable poses. So in an hour and a half class, you're probably only doing six poses okay yeah so and you're in like child's pose so you're in a tabletop position your hips are back your arms are forward but you're laying on a bolster so you're kind of cuddled up in this pose your back is to the ceiling and so Kate can come right over or Leah and can come right over and massage into your muscles in your low back or into your shoulders or offer an assist into like you know your hips a little bit um and so all the different poses we put them in in restorative are they just kind of get in them um I'll talk them through some things to do with their mind and their breath while they're hanging out in these poses for 10 to 15 minutes. That sounds pretty nice. Yeah. And it's really one of the more popular offers we have. And then Kate or Leah come around and uh, do the massage, which is amazing. Yeah. And um, the students love it. They love it when people actually sign up and don't show up because then they get more time with Kate (laughs) (laughs) or Leah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're like like, more massage to spread around. Correct. Right. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, totally. They get more time with them which is the part that they love you know it's really hard in our society right now we don't um as human beings we need touch and all my friends will tell you i am a giant hugger i love to hug me too hugging's my jam yeah (laughs) um but in this world we live in right now touching is not really um it's not something that easily comes to folks and i think though it's something that we all need So there was something about offering this kind of yoga experience with this massage that people were like just drawn to because there's something about that loving touch in combination of self-love, the time you're taking away from your busy life to go inward and breathe and be present and all the things that restorative yoga offers along with, oh, and by the way, here's some gentle touch as well that's also gonna just enhance this whole experience for you. And I think that's um, that's why they're popular, is that, in my opinion. Nobody's actually said those words, but that's, yeah. that's what I think. Yeah, that's really, really cool. And I think that, you know, it's, you know, when what people choose to attend is the is the signal. That's the that's the research side of being a business owner and and watching how the classes are attended. And yeah. How do you balance being a business owner of uh, Serenity Yoga Studios as well as sort of being in the mix of teaching and balancing that? Like, how how do you, I mean, because really, like, running a business is, is super challenging. And then all the people that are working with you are, you know, also employees. And like, what what does that look like as a, as a business owner um, of a yoga studio? Can you walk us through what your day looks like? I can. And I'm laughing because I literally just had this conversation the other day with one of my students. Um, it's hard. It's hard. And also the most rewarding thing I've ever done um, without fail. And I love it. So let's say the balance. 
Ironically, just like the shoemaker's kids who have no shoes, yeah. <laughs> um, the yoga studio owner pretty much is never in balance. <laughs> I hate to say that out loud. That's probably not good for business, but um, it is a lot of work for me to stay in balance. If I'm not teaching a class, I'm usually working. And if I'm not working, I'm probably sleeping. Um, and every once in a while, I'll throw the TV on for half an hour. But for the most part, there's so much to do. Um, if you think of an org chart, so not only am I the owner, but I'm also head of HR, I'm head of finance, I'm head of janitorial services, I'm head of laundry. I'm, I- Fringes in people. Fringes in Fringes people. in. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I got caught cleaning the bathroom the other day and someone, some, a student came in for class and said, oh, you clean the bathrooms? And I thought- well, It's not the elves, man. Yeah, I don't have elves. <laughs> I mean, elves would be great if anybody knows any that wants to. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of funny. It's like, I don't think folks realize that the job isn't just to open and close the door and make sure the marketing is working so people are walking in. Um, it's tough. It's tough. And what I have found is um, over the last three years doing it full time to farm out the things I don't want to know about or care about to learn, um, but I need done well, and to spend time on the things that are something that interests me. So I'm an accountant by trade. So when people say to me, oh, you should have a bookkeeper and let, you know, let that person do your books. It's like, no way, dude. I like love that's that. second nature. Yeah. One plus one is two. And that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. All day long with math. But, <clears throat> you know, um, I'm not great at payroll and understanding taxes and, you know, all of that stuff. So, you know, I have a good friend who works at Complete Payroll Solutions, my friend Chris Gallivan, and I said to him, dude, you need to do this for me. So he's got his folks at Complete Payroll doing my payroll for me. Um, I don't have to worry about it. I call him, I say, this is weird, you figure it out. And he says, sure, no problem. Yeah. Um, I belong to a networking group in Northampton that is nothing but supportive. So when something goes awry or if I need someone to just bounce ideas off of a business owner to business owner, they're there for me. And it is um, incredibly helpful to have that network of folks because I went from working in a corporate America where I had a team of people. I had people above me. I had peers. If I didn't really understand something, I would just walk over to somebody's desk and say, hey, you know, what is, can you help me with this? Yeah. Um, I remember the first time I was home by myself after leaving corporate America, I was making a flyer for the studio and I was questioning the colors I was using. And I really was having a hard time. Like, is this the right coloring? I don't know. And I'm looking around going, oh, I, I get to choose and there's no one here to ask. And what if it's wrong? You know, and so there's a lot of that, like, wait a minute, I don't have that net to support me. Um, so I found it over the last three years and I've learned to let go of the things I don't want to learn. <laughs> I just don't have time for. Um, and I finally decided uh, to hire a studio manager part-time. So I have Amazing. a, yeah, I have a studio manager now, my friend Molly, and um, she is also a, an incredible yoga teacher. Um, and she is keeping me on track. I actually just came from a meeting with her and, you know, she gives me my to do's and uh, and she keeps me organized and she's doing all the things that she needs to do for the studio that I can now go do other things. Now I can actually focus on maybe, you know, my own practice, um, maybe also my own teaching. Just talk to her too. you know, teaching is really taken a back seat to all of this other stuff. And I joke with my students all the time. I don't know, guy. You, I teach the same thing every time. I, you know, are you guys bored? And they're like, no. It feels it to me because it feels stale. So to take 
now that she's doing some of the work that I would be doing before, I can take those hours and maybe take a yoga class with a teacher or um, read a yoga book or watch a yoga video or try a practice myself at home. Um, so I'm excited to kind of start to develop my teaching again. I love that. Yeah, It's really important as somebody who also works in the healing arts, it's so important to stay learning mm-hmm. and to stay growing and you know I'm I'm guilty of that too it's like you know it's like sometimes I focus on on the marketing and on the business side of stuff and you know my my love and my passion comes with ease with the reiki and energy work and occasionally I just have to throw myself into a book about some astrology and you know just try to like stuff myself with some information that I've never even thought about before and it it really does make a huge difference in how you know the the business stuff I've learned along the way and I love it but it does take up a lot of time Mm -hmm. it takes up an enormous amount of emotional energy Mm -hmm. and to your brain and sometimes yeah people don't always see that invisible labor they just walk in and they you know throw their boots on a, a beautiful you know rock rock rain boot and (laughs) and they have no idea how many trips to Home Depot I took and how heavy that was to make happen yeah and I don't have anybody helping me do that right exactly yeah yeah it's um it's a tricky balance but again someone said to me about six months ago like would you go back to corporate America would you give it all up and go back absolutely not was my answer I can't imagine doing anything else this is what I was meant to do was to take my degree which was in business and apply it to something that I absolutely love. I mean, my favorite thing is when students come up to me and tell me that the class I just offered or the class they just took from a teacher was exactly what they needed. How did that teacher know that's what exactly I needed today? Mm. I feel better. I am more grounded now. I can tackle the rest of my day or I can go to bed and sleep. You know, it's like, oh, we just changed your life today. Awesome. That's why I do what I do. Oh, yeah, that totally. That's great. Mm. Do you think, could you imagine yourself bringing yoga t- to corporate America? <laughs> I did when I was there. Did you? Um, a little bit. It's not an easy avenue. You know, you they are very much about offering wellness and keeping balance for their employees. And I believe it. It's hard to find the time when you're in that environment, it is like you walk in the door and you are on and there is no time for self-care. Um, so when I was working at Mass Mutual, I did teach a yoga class there uh, twice a week. Nice. And it was during lunch and it was awesome. And uh, I have friends that still offer the yoga there. And it's great to hear. It's 45 minutes. They get out of their chairs for 45 minutes. They go downstairs to the gym. They take a yoga class. They go back upstairs. They feel better. That sounds great. Yeah. So that was my, when I first left, I thought that was what my avenue would be. So I'm going to offer yoga to the corporate person. You know, how am I going to, how am I going to get into that? Um, and then I realized, mm, not anything I really want to do anymore because I don't want to go back into the corporate world. Yeah. So I found myself kind of helping by offering um, yoga to uh professionals who are struggling with anxiety ah yeah so it's I'm helping through that way versus um going like into corporate and offering a class yeah 
So, and I know that you offer um, the series for anxiety as well as the the yoga series for depression. Um, And if you are just tuning in, uh, you're listening to Energy Matters, and we're here chatting with Michelle Lyman, who uh, runs and owns uh, Serenity Yoga Studios in South Hadley. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about um, what the the yoga series for anxiety looks like? Because, you know, that that was coming out of the corporate anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was developed because I had anxiety. Um, I've struggled with it most of my life, and it really came out when I was in corporate America. Um, Didn't really know what it was or what was going on, but I knew something had to give. And one of the things that really helped me get through was my yoga practice. Um, And then when I went on to my 300-hour training, which is like the advanced training for yoga teachers, uh, a lot of it was focused on finding balance in your life and the different types of breath work, the different types of meditation, the different types of postures and movements that you could do to find balance. So if you're feeling low and lethargic, here are the things you can do to boost your energy and get back to balance. Or if you're feeling a little scattered and overwhelmed, here are the things you can do to come back down to ground. Um, And I did all of those things and found myself in a way better place um, from my own anxiety. So when I realized that I didn't really want to walk, I didn't really want to park my car and walk into a corporate setting again and, you know, teach them chair yoga in corporate. I thought, how can I help these people that are me? Like these, all these people are me. Um, and so I started offering a kind of a, a, a four lesson private series that I offer private lessons um, that I kind of developed myself based on my own experience. And it pretty much looks like um, some talking, although I'm not a therapist and definitely make that claim right from the get-go. But it's more about having these folks find self-awareness and realizing, okay, what's going on with me right now? And also catching when they are not in the present moment, which is what anxiety and depression is all about. Actually, it's what life is all about, right? I mean, how many of us are actually in the present moment? Never. You're physically here, but your mind is somewhere else. Um, and how do, we, how do we do it with loving kindness? How do we find our way to the present moment in that space where it feels calm and grounded, but do it with loving kindness? Um, and a lot of folks with anxiety have struggled with that because they know they shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't be nervous about this. And so it's like, well, you, do, you are. So let's talk about what are the things we can do to help you manage it. I always tell them, I'm not going to get rid of your anxiety. I'm not going to get rid of your depression. That's what your therapist is for. That's what medication is for. I'm not against any of those things. Um, What I am going to do is help you drive the car again. So instead of the anxiety driving the car and you're along for the ride, now you're going to drive the car and you get to choose. It's all about being um, aware of your own body. So we start there and then we move into, okay, when you're feeling like this, here are some things you can do in the moment things like in that, oh my God, I'm about to have a panic attack moment. Here, do this breath work, do this pose, do this meditation. Pick the tool that works for you. I tell them, you get a toolbox full of different tools. Grab the one that you use most often and like and resonates. Um, And then we talk about maintenance. Okay, now that we've got kind of the in the moment stuff under control, I explain to them what anxiety is, what's happening in their body, that it's not in their head, that is an actual physical, you know, chemical reaction. Um, we then talk about like, okay, now that you've got the tools in the moment, what can you do to maintain? What can you do to build your practice? What can you do on a daily basis for 20 minutes when you're not even feeling anxious to help you? Um, and then we also talk about 
potentially diving in and going into the body and figuring out where is this coming from? You know, where does this resonate from? Where do you feel it on the inside? Um, Because sometimes even just naming what it feels like can really take away its power. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We were just talking about your, uh, your kind of private sessions for anxiety that you do, the private series and kind of the tools that you give people, allowing people to find the thing that works for them, as well as kind of giving them a, a way of like integrating the work and managing it and so that these new habits can take hold. Correct. So what kind of results, what kind of feedback have you gotten from from folks who have gone through these classes oh, or this series? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I had one really cool story. So there's a, um, a pose I teach them called goat pose. It comes from the Kripalu line of can tradition. You describe what yeah, where I the can, hands and it's feet like, go? What's up? You're standing. Okay. Your feet are about hips distance apart and you turn your toes in. So you're a little bit pigeon toed. You soft bend your knees and then the action is to press into the floor with your feet as if you were going to straighten your legs, but you don't. So the muscles engage let your hands rest on your belly. You can either close your eyes or draw your attention down and you hang out there and you keep your awareness down in your feet and down in your legs. And what that does is in um, the tradition is that it brings your energy down. So energy follows awareness in, in our world and wherever your awareness goes, energy flows. So if your awareness is in your mind and you're thinking, 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 scattered about, your energy is out of your body and up and out. And you probably feel depleted at the end of the day and you probably feel exhausted. Um, so what we need to do is we need to get it back in and down and feel like kind of like uh, bringing down a hot air balloon, like you got to tether it. And so the awareness gets tethered down by bringing your awareness down. So your legs start to get warm. You start to notice the bones in your feet and in your ankles. And it's just a really calming, grounding position. So I taught this to one of my younger um, clients. I think she was in her early 20s. in massive anxiety, uh, panic attacks almost daily. And we got her through a bunch of um, weeks with all of these different tools. And she wrote me one day and said, "Um, Michelle, I need to tell you something. I had to go see my grandmother in Florida this past week. And I was standing in the airport waiting to get on the plane. And I started to have a panic attack because I was freaking out about flying. And your voice came in my head. I dropped my bag next to me. I stood up, grabbed my goat pose right in the middle of the airport. And I tell people that you may not want to do this one in public because it's a little weird looking. Yeah, because you turn your feet in and and you're kind of like weird with your knees bent. It's weird. (laughs) Um, And if nobody knows what you're doing, they're going to be like, what is going on? And she said, I didn't care. I knew it worked. So she said she did it for about three or four minutes and took some really long, deep breaths in and out and was able to get on the plane and get to see her grandmother. And that, that story kills me every time because it's like, Oh my God, I was, I was part of that. I was able to help her through that by giving her this tool and showing her how to use it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's amazing. So what I did was I said, well, great. I'm glad I can help all these people locally, but how do I get to more folks? So 
I took a lot of this content and I created um, an online program, which um, I am hoping to launch in the very, very near future. It's pretty close. Um, but I have a webinar that people can watch that kind of walks them through you know, what anxiety is, why it's happening to them, what they can do in the moment, and the, the, the steps they can take to feel better. Because um, again, it's all about uh, helping people. And it sounds so cliche, but it is so true. Like if you're in a panic attack, there is nothing, there is no worse feeling in my opinion, because I know what it's like and you have no control in that moment. So it's like, how do I get back control? How do I help these people find their way back to the driver's seat? So goat pose, go pose. That's one, the one you want. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's awesome. So mm-hmm. if anyone at home is is that's listening and experiences panic attacks or really strong anxiety, they can practice that. Is there any constraints that people should know about? Um, no, I mean, bad knees might be tr- tricky with the knees. Um, really, the one thing they can do, regardless of what you're standing or sitting, is to just bring your awareness to your breath immediately. It's like, what is my breath doing? And slow it down and take deep breaths in and full, complete breaths out. So go pose is awesome. And also like the breath is really the grab. Like you really, if you're like, whoa, this is happening, breathe deep and slow. And that's the key. And I'll tell you, that's something that sometimes I have clients that come in and I can tell when people aren't taking deep breaths, I can feel it in their system that they're not taking full deep breaths because it ends up feeling really shallow. And then I can feel there's sort of that collection of energy that almost what we feel and perceive as anxiety. I can feel that sitting on top of that. And yeah. it's, it's really interesting. And I tell people, I'm like, you're not breathing, dude. Mm. And they're like, no, <laughs> <laughs> they have no idea. <laughs> no. And even just with Reiki, it's like I teach people how to do the belly breath. Yes. Because it's, it's, you know, it's easier than taking a big full breath in. Yeah. It's like just bring your awareness down and let your belly rise and fall. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. great. Yeah. That's great. So we're kind of coming to the top of the hour. Um, where where can people find you on social media, on the oh, internet, as well as in person? Um, tell people how they can oh, reach you're out sweet. and connect. Yeah, so um, Yoga, Yoga Studio has got its own website. It's serenityyogastudio.net. You can find all of our class offerings, all of the different stuff going on, all the different teachers that teach at the studio. You can learn about me a little bit more. Um, it's just a really good website to kind of collectively tell you about the studio. Um, we're also on uh, Facebook. So I think it's just at Serenity Yoga um, on Facebook. Um, and I'm on Instagram, but I'll be honest with you. It's not really where I spend most of my time. Um, but I'm on Instagram too. So I think it's SH Serenity Yoga um, so for South Hadley. Um, and then the other website I do have is called thepathtoserenity.com. And that's where I uh, how's my webinar for anxiety? So that's okay. another place people can go to learn a little bit more about me. I have some blog posts on there. Um, and I have the free webinar and a couple of other testimonials about, you know, just how yoga can help when you're having that anxious moment. Yeah. yeah. Are the two sites connected? So if people go on to uh, serenityyogastudios.net, can they also find the path to serenity? Uh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not exactly clear because um, they are kind of two separate things, but it is it is on there. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Yeah. Thank you. And do you have any last words of wisdom that you would like to throw out into the universe? Michelle just had a very funny look on her face and started <laughs> laughing when I said that. So <laughs> that oh, answer might be no. It might be no. <laughs> no, I think um, I think for anyone who's questioning when 
when and if to start a yoga practice, I would say just go try it. It doesn't have to be at Serenity. It can be anywhere. It can even be on a YouTube video at home. But you guys specialize in, yeah, I know. in new students. My whole thing, though, is like just do it. Like, I don't really care where you do it. I just want you to do in yoga because I want you to get inward and feel grounded and feel calm and do it with loving kindness. And um, I think I think if you're questioning it, just give it a shot and see what see what comes up. I mean, get curious about it. I love it. Hmm. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Caroline. It was really oh my gosh. <laughs> it was really great to be here. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, and so if you are tuning in a little bit late, uh, just know that um, you can tune in to this, uh, this show or any other past episode on my archive page, which is uh, reikinorthampton.com backslash radio. Um, and so you can listen to the, the full interview with Michelle Lyman um, anytime in the future. So, um, so with all that said, I hope everyone has a amazing weekend. Be well, everyone.